scripture that's been coming to me all week long is this too shall pass. And Lord, we know that you are faithful, God. Lord, we rejoice in the blessings that we have in and on our lives, God. We have you in the midst of all of this, Lord. And without you, we couldn't make it. But Lord, your word tells us that we're going to make it if we'll just hold on. We will endure God until the end Lord we ask for your anointing to come and into this house Lord to go Lord to each and every home that's tuning in today Lord God that lives would be uh, saved God that souls would be delivered lives would be changed for eternity God that you would anoint Jason as he comes to bring your word Lord prepare our hearts now to receive what you have for us God give us a mind to understand Lord and a heart to receive ears to hear Lord all that you have for us, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give a round of applause to Summer. <laughs> um, this morning, obviously, uh, different than we would like, but nonetheless, the Lord is still uh, going to. And he uh, desires to move in your life, to touch and move where you are. Uh, I want to encourage you to continue to just give. And um, uh, the Lord has blessed us and will continue to do so. But if you would wonder uh, where to give, you can give uh, through our website, mylakesidechurch.com. Go to the giving link. It will take you where you need to go. Um, or you can mail it to P.O. Box 570 Denver, North Carolina, uh, or if you wanted to message or text myself or Summer and uh, meet us, we would be glad to, to do that as well. But uh, this morning, if you have your word, or you should have your word with you, um, because uh, it's different, uh, it's not going to flash, well, it does flash up on the screen, I forgot that. But uh, anyway, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, familiar passage of scripture, um, Acts chapter 2, and uh, I wanted to minister using for a subject this morning, preach the word, preach the word. In uh, the middle of all the craziness that's going on, all the political uh, mumbo jumbo, the, the coronavirus, the uh, mask debacles, the arguments, the, all of this stuff that's going on. What needs to continue to take place is that the believers, the born-again believers, Christians, preach the word. That's what needs to be taking place. Preach the word. Preach the gospel. Uh, we need to make sure that we are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, speak through us, not only to us, but through us, and that we're relaying what he's speaking and teaching us and what he's showing us because people need hope, and the only hope found is going to be found in Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you to preach the word. And uh, you should be there by now in Acts chapter 2. We'll be beginning in verse 14 through verse uh, 25. Um, but before I read, I, I want to just explain something quickly. Uh, the decisions that we make aren't made lightly. They're not taken lightly, and they're made not with only my family, but your family in mind as well. Um, we have a great responsibility. I have a great responsibility and, and a privilege in pastoring Lakeside Church. Uh, with that responsibility comes uh, shepherding the flock. 
And as I uh, do the best of my ability possible by being led by the Holy Spirit, uh, when you shepherd the flock, you also have a responsibility in protecting the flock the best you can. So uh, I know that there are some who feel just fine. I'm one of those. I feel great. Uh, And I know that there there will be people here if we say, hey, come on. And I understand all of that. But uh, next Sunday, our plan is to be in-house. And we believe that our, our people have enough wisdom, and they understand that, uh, uh, one, I'm coming, I feel good, I feel fine, I, I, I'm pretty confident that I'm not uh, sick or been around anyone of that nature. But I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I want to make sure that you know why we do what we do, because we love you. And um, I just want to leave it right there. So, yes, it's important that we come together and worship together, and we will. And uh, if some people don't like that, that's, you, you cannot like it. That's fine. But we're going to come together and worship uh, when we feel uh, that it's okay to do so. But beginning in verse 14 of chapter 2 in Acts, we begin reading, says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and he said unto them, You men of Judea, and all you who dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it, shall, and it shall come to pass that in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as yourselves also know. Him, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David speaks concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. And we know in this passage of Scripture that Pentecost had fully come, and it's still here. I want to make that clear. We don't have to wait for a day or desire another day of Pentecost. It's still here right now. Even even in this house, uh, it's just two of us. But it's, it's here. The day of Pentecost is here right now. But that day, that particular time, there was a sound from heaven as of a, a rushing mighty wind. And, and it filled all of the house. And I think that <coughs> we have become so content and so complacent with a goosebump that we've desired for him to totally fill and consume the house. And that should be our desire for him because I'm talking about us personally. Uh, if it happens in the physical structure, then that's terrific as well. But our desire for him should be to, for him to fill the house, to change the, 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 the environment, if you will. 
So they began to, uh, or they were filled, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the people were amazed, and they wondered, how can this be? Uh, I, I want to quote our friend, Summer and our friend, uh, many, maybe many of you guys' friends as well, Sharon Cornell. Uh, you buy the, the shoe for more than just the tongue, okay? I'm, I'm not, uh, just remember that. The people were amazed, and they wondered again, how can this be? And in, in chapter 2, if you back up to verse 12, it says, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What does this mean? Verse 13, Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. I've said this many times, but any time the Lord moves, the Holy Spirit is, is operating and moving, there'll be those who receive, there'll be those that's wondering what's going on, then there's going to be those that are just going to mock and they're going to make fun of. It hasn't changed, it won't change, it's, it's, it's just not going to change. That's just people. But I want to tell you something, you fall in one of those categories, you're going you're gonna to be in awe and wonder and desire that, or you're going to try to figure out what's going on, or you're going to make fun of. But I, I choose to awe and wonder and desire more of him. So, so, so here's Peter, and, he, and he's hearing and he's seeing what's going on. And notice in verse 14, Peter was with the other 11. Don't wait for somebody else to do something. Peter was with the other 11. They were all disciples. They all followed Christ. They all heard him speak. They all heard him teach. They all seen him move, and, and the miracles happened. They seen all of these things happen. And there were 12 of them, but only one of them stood up. Only one would stand up and only one would make a proclamation because that one was stirred in his spirit and he knew that I know what's going on. Because he didn't just walk with Jesus. He had had an experience that many of our lives may replicate, that you're up and down and in and out and every which way. But his one thing was he desired to know him, he desired to live for him, and he desired to be used by him. And he heard and his heart was pricked and he knew what was going on because his spirit bore witness and in fact he was a recipient of what was going on. And he stood up with the other eleven. And he, he stood up to preach what we call the inaugural message of the church on that very day of Pentecost. And Peter is going to take them, in essence, Peter's going to take them to church. What you see going on, I'm about to take you to church. I'm going to tell you what's happening. I'm going to show you what's going on because there was a lot there that understood, knew the Old Testament. They may not have necessarily understood it, but they knew it. There's a difference in knowledge and understanding. But he, he took them back to the Old, Old Testament Scripture to confirm what had just happened. We wonder, we want to ask so-and-so what happened, what do you think this means, when we, if we're not in our Word, we should be in our Word. If we're in our Word, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you exactly what's going on because a moving and operating of the Holy Spirit will always be confirmed with the Word. So the miraculous in itself is not self-authenticating. There has to also be a preparation of the heart and then a proclamation, proclamation of the message. You have to prepare your heart to receive and then you have to tell what you've received. <laughs> we, got, we got a lot of people just want to receive. They don't want to talk about it. Man, if you got a brand new, uh, I, I know for me, you guys know me, if I, if I got a brand new uh, F-350 uh, whether it be the new 7.3 EcoBoost or, or if it's a diesel or an old diesel or whatever, I'm going to tell hey man, guess what I got? I'm going to tell somebody what I received. 
So we got something much better. It, it ain't, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to put diesel fuel in it. You don't have to tune it or chip it or anything else. He's ready to go, and he's always ready to act on our behalf if we'll just allow him to. But we got a lot of people that, that, that want to, 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 to just receive. No, you have to prepare your heart to receive, but after you receive, you need to proclaim what you've received. If you're saved and born again, this is what we're talking about today. You've got a, you've got a mandate on your life You've got an order, an executive order from the, the most high executive to, to proclaim the gospel. We, we got people that, this is the argument, it's, this is the law. Well, listen, there is a law written in the word of God. It's the whole counsel of God. And it's, we don't live by law, but our obligation is to proclaim this word, to preach, to preach the word. So, so the gospel, again, will always back the moving and operating of the Holy Spirit. So, so how do people come to know? By preaching. By preaching the gospel. By preaching the word. By proclaiming the truth. Preaching is the first thing the early church did, which should show us the value, the priority of the gospel. Pentecostal folks like to have the, the excitement, but they don't want no word. Let me tell you something. You can have all the show you want, but give me the meal. There's nothing wrong with shouting. Shout and run all over the place. But I'm going to tell you something. You need the word of God. It, you need the meat. You need the meal. God has one method, one message, one gospel, and it won't change. Some people will say, well, well preaching isn't good enough anymore. Preaching and preaching and just to, it's not effective anymore. Well, 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 if one is not preaching the word, it's not effective. But if one is preaching the word, the word tells us it will not return void. So I don't have to see the, the seed grow. I know that, that if I plant and water, or if summer waters and I plant, or if Israel waters and, and Ashley had planted, or if, or if Jason Hannah sowed the seed and, and then uh, uh, David Anderson came along and he watered the seed, guess what? God's going to bring the increase. I don't have to sit around and watch it grow. But see, we need to understand the way to plant and water comes from preaching the Word. That's how we plant and that's how we water. So if one's not preaching the, the, the gospel, it's not effective. But if one is, it will be effective. Hebrews 4 and verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick, meaning the word, of the word is alive. The gospel has never died. The word of God is alive. <coughs> Some people think that in the end time, the preaching will cease. Preaching's not going to cease. Signs and, signs and wonders are prophesying. He don't need all of that for him to return. The word's going to keep going forward. It's going to keep happening, and they take that kind of content, they take it out of 1 Corinthians. It's not going to cease. It's not going to stop. We're going to continue to proclaim the gospel. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick, it's alive, it will never die. And it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I want to make a statement, and it may ruffle some feathers, but it's all right. I just want to, I want, I want to make this statement. 
They want to shut the church down. Here's why. Because when the gospel's proclaimed at whatever church, not just this, when it's being proclaimed all over, when it's being proclaimed, our, our motive, our, our method, our morality, and our, our desires are challenged. Not by the preacher, but by the Word of God. And when we're challenged, we get uncomfortable. And when we get uncomfortable, one of two things are going to happen. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to change us, or we're going to fight. So if they can shut down the pro, pro, uh, proclaiming and proclamation of the gospel, then they can remain comfortable in their, their own lustful desires. Now, you can praise God and serve God from your couch, from your chair, from on top of a radio tower, in a well, in a hole, it don't matter where. But I want to tell you something, the preaching of the gospel has got to go forward. Yes, we're called to serve, but you're also called to proclaim the gospel. We are not just consumers. We become a consumer generation, a consumer society, give me, give me, give me, give me, and I want to tell you the Word of God says, if you will give, I will give back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, God desires for you to give back what He gave you, we ain't talking about just money, the gospel, preaching the Word, the statement, preach the word, in season or out of season. It don't mean that, uh, well, Israel walks in this morning, Israel, preach the word. That's what we, well, people, well, say, be ready in season and out of season. You should be ready to proclaim the gospel, but I believe there's a time of preparation. I, I scared Terrence to death Wednesday. I called him, Summer called me, she didn't feel well. I was still on the way home. Terrence, you want to preach? And he's like, bro, brother, uh. and I, I didn't want to, you know, I'm, I'm sure that he would have got up here and preached, but... It's not that. Now, this is be ready to preach the word or preach the word in season, out of season. It means that sometimes the word's going to be readily accepted, and sometimes the word is not going to be readily accepted. But either way, preach it. Man, I, I feel like shouting up in here by myself, and it's all right. Preach the word. It, what if they don't want to hear it? Preach it. Well, what if, what if they don't receive it? Preach it. Well, what if everybody gets saved? Preach it. Well, what if, this, what if the ground's thorny? Preach it. Well, what, well, what, if, what if they don't want to hear? Well, preach the word. Preach the gospel. Preach it. Paul charged Timothy this very thing. Preach it whether they want it or not. <laughs> preach the word. In Acts chapter 4, the Sadducees were worried. They, did, they didn't like the fact that they were preaching. Not that they were preaching, but what they were preaching. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of preaching that goes on that, that really the devil could care less about. Because if we're preaching a self-motivating message, a self-proclamating message, and, 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 and a, a feel-good message, that we don't care about that. But when you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the alive and well word of God, and the Holy Spirit is moving and lives are being changed, souls are being saved, the addicts are being delivered, marriages are being restored, those that are oppressed, depressed, suppressed, and everything else are being free, and they're beginning to walk and live in victory and not just talk about it. I want to tell you something, the devil don't like that. So the Sadducees, they, they, were, they were worried and they didn't like that what they were preaching. Acts 4 and verse 2, being grieved that they 
taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. See, the Sadducees didn't believe that. They, they didn't really like that. So if you go in, 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 in Acts, you go to chapter 8. Uh, verse 5 says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and guess what he did? He didn't go down there and say, Hello, Samaritans, I come by to, to, to greet you and to give you a bag of goodies. You no, know, he went down and he preached Christ unto them. Well, if you go on over in, 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 in Acts 8 to verse 35, then Philip opened his mouth and he began at the same scripture. And he preached, guess what? Jesus unto them. So he was speaking of, uh, of the Ethiopian, the eunuch who was reading uh, in Isaiah, uh, 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 referring to chapter 53 of Isaiah, verses 7 and 8. He didn't really understand what was going on. And Philip asked him uh, if he knew what he was reading, in essence. Do you know what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? Here's an important thing. Not only did Philip preach the preached the message that he preached Jesus, he taught him. He, if you, if, you, if you go into Acts 20 and verse 20, this is on our shirts at our church, and this has kind of been our thing for this year. As much as we have or have not been together, it still has not changed. But, but Paul taught them, both privately and publicly, he shared the gospel. He shared the gospel. So Philip asked, basically, do you know what you're reading? And, and the unit answered, he said, well, how can I except somebody should, should guide me? So, so Acts 8, verse 40, Philip, he, he went on, and guess what? He continued to preach. He drew his attention to a subject that the man didn't understand. I see what you're reading, but his comprehension there. <laughs> Reading and comprehension has to go together. You have to comprehend what you're reading. You're not going to comprehend the Word of God without the Holy Spirit. It's not going to happen. So you need to have comprehension. The Holy Spirit will do that. We, we say this all the time. We should be praying, Ephesians uh, 1 and verse 18, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. So, so he went on to preach the, uh, in, in Acts in chapter 9, verse 20, Paul, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues. I think that you should get the theme this morning, preach the word. They weren't going in there shaking hands and saying, hey, how you doing? I'm here to be mayor or I'm here to be the most popular person in the world. I'm here. No, I came to give to you what changed my life. I came to give you Jesus. <laughs> what a concept that we preach the word. What? what wow. I mean, we're having meetings to try to figure out how to grow church or how to help a struggling body of believers. Or how, Here's the greatest concept ever. Preach the Word. Preach the Gospel. This is what the early church did. This is how they were added to and grew daily. Why? Because toes weren't being stepped on. Hearts were being changed. Man, I, good Lord Jesus. This is, I hope y'all amen it in your house. This is good stuff. Romans in chapter 10, Romans verse 13 and 14 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love, 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 love this verse. Whosoever, our body, Lakeside Church is full of whosoever's. Whoso, it, it don't say what your record says. It don't say what you did three months ago, three years ago, or ten weeks ago. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We get excited about that. 
You've got to read on. Verse 14, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of, of, of whom they have not heard? And here is your part, church. Here is your part, believer, saint of God. Wherever you find yourself. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Brother, I ain't no preacher. Well, then you ain't no Christian. Let me explain the statement. Most people think this is a preacher. No, I'm a pastor. Preaching is what I'm doing right now. Preaching can be done at Walmart, or if you like to add the S, Walmarts, Kmarts, Targets, or whatever. It's Target, Walmart, Kmart. I don't even know if Kmart exists anymore. Maybe it does in your area. Or Menards. Man, I went up to Wisconsin one time, and I think that's how you say it. Menards is like Lowe's on, on steroids. But it doesn't matter where you are. Preaching is still the same thing. Preaching is proclaiming the Word of God. It could be in a car ride with, with whomever you're going to work with. It, it could be wherever. wherever. Preaching is not limited to a pulpit. This pulpit should be mobile. I'm not carrying this around. Oh, that's heavy. Oh, well, I definitely ain't carrying this around. But I'm not going to carry it around where I go. Can I pick this up? Yeah, I can pick it up. Uh, I'm not carrying it around. I, I carry the Word of God in me. The Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Word of God is in me, so the message goes where I go, and I preach it where the opportunity may arise. They didn't need a system. They needed a Savior. We need, we need preachers to preach the Word. We need preachers to preach the Word. I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of reading stupid, petty arguments on social media over stupid, petty things. How about preach the Word and move on? Be ready in season and out of season. Preach it whether they won't hear it or not. You don't have to have 12 likes or 1,200 likes for you to do it again. Because I want to tell you something. If you're preaching the gospel, the word of God, you ain't going to get a whole lot of thumbs ups and hearts and, and, and then now the little, the little round thing. The, what's the thing called? Emoji holding the heart. I mean, we, we got stuff for everything. You ain't going to get all that. But let me tell you something. Whether they want it or not, you better preach the gospel. I determined a long time ago, if somebody's in here or they're not, I'm going to preach Christ and Him crucified because that's the mandate on my life. That's the call that's there. And it's not going to be bound to how many people fill the house. I pray it's full all the time. Well, brother, you can't say that right now is a serious time. Let me tell you something. I pray it's full every time. Because people are desperate for a move of God. They are desperate for fellowship. And they are desperate to be changed. We'll go everywhere. You'll go to Walmart, Kmart, to the restaurant, to the car lot, to the shoe store. But the one place you'll blame if somebody gets sick is the house of God. I want to tell you something. We're going to open the doors anyway and preach the Word. There is no time nor any room for jealousy. 
verse 14 of Acts chapter 2 was, was when Peter was with the 11. i got to get into this message. Was with the 11 and he stood up. He took the lead. He didn't get mad. Man, what are y'all waiting on? Come on, other people. Stand up with me, please. I need somebody to have my back. No, he stood up. If you're waiting on somebody to do something, you're going to wait forever. <laughs> if you've served in church for, a, for any length of time, you've realized that if I'm waiting on somebody, I'm going to wait forever. I'm going to be like the skeleton playing the piano in Goonies. I'm just going to be there waiting for somebody to come get me. If you haven't ever seen Goonies, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But you're not, you're, listen, Peter said, you know what? I hear what they're saying, and what they're saying is false. This is an accusation. Let me set the record straight. Let me tell you, fellas, something. I'm about to take you to church. I'm going to tell you what's going on. He lifted up his voice, and he said, listen to my words. Peter, he had a boldness that he never had before. Why? Not that Peter was scared. We know that Peter was, 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 he was boisterous. With, not that. But he was boldened, emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you preach the word, you hit the head and the heart. Not just step on toes. If anybody ever tells me, brother, you stepped on my toes, I said, man, I'm sorry I missed I pray that this word not only hit you in the head, but it hits you in the heart. Because you need the head knowledge to go to the heart. And then it becomes, it goes from being religion to relationship. When this can download to here, and the heart begins to change. I saw that somebody posted that, and I don't know who it was, and I'm not throwing rocks at you. But I saw that they posted that the, 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 basically the gifting of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, the greatest gift one could ever receive. No, salvation is the greatest gift one could ever receive. Gifts of the Spirit are absolutely needed, but the fruit of the Spirit is needed more. Because if the fruit of the Spirit is not evident in your life, then I don't think that the gifts are going to matter. Because you can speak in tongues all day long, but if you've got a hatred a heart about you and a spirit about you. There ain't nobody receiving anything that comes from you anyhow. If you've got a cockiness and a conceited, conceitedness about you and you want to talk about the love of God, there ain't nobody hearing anything that's coming out of your mouth. I know that sometimes I may seem aggravated and I, I get that way, but I'm not aggravated at people. My war is not with flesh and blood. I'm not mad at anybody. And you can say anything you want to say to me. And yes, sometimes I may take that personal, but it goes away real fast because the Holy Spirit quickens me. This ain't about you. I want people to understand that there is a greater thing at stake and it's eternity. We, don't, we obviously understand that this virus pandemic is real. If, it, if we didn't understand that, we wouldn't be right here right now. You would be in this place. But there's a greater thing at stake than just if someone gets sick or not. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about people being isolated and secluded and depressed and oppressed and pulled away. They've taken isolation, uh, has taken the, the place of separation. So, so you, when you preach the word, you hit the head and the heart. Why would I say that? Hebrews 4 and 13. The word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You've got to know it's more than an emotional decision to follow Christ. I mean, you can sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. You can sing that all day long. But what are you going to do when all hell comes against you? 
You know, I, I can call myself Rocky all day long, but when the Russian walks in the ring, I'm like, oh, my Lord Jesus, because I ain't no Rocky. It's more than an emotional decision. Paul was determined to preach Christ and him crucified. Paul determined. I, he said, I determined to know anything, not to know anything among you, save Christ, Jesus Christ and him crucified. <coughs> the word says to trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding. Why? Because our understanding will get us in trouble. Our heart will get us in trouble. It will, it will get you in trouble. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Give your heart, meaning give your heart to Him. And then He will direct and guide your path. Jesus told the lawyer in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That's a message within itself. But, but how, how are people persuaded? By hitting the head and the heart. Not by winning an argument. Not, not by how many uh, uh, likes or followers or friends you have on whatever social platform, you, whatever you're on. I don't know how to work half those things. I tried that parlor and MeWe and PeeWee and Tic Tac and all that stuff, and I just can't figure it all out. So... I know how to operate Facebook. I just stay there because it's kind of simple. It's the old man's social platform, so that's where I stay. But uh, none of that stuff matters. What matters is that we're preaching the Word of God. Acts 2 and verse 15, Peter's making it known that this is not what you think it is. A Jew's not, they're not going to eat or drink before 9 o'clock in the morning. That was a custom on the Sabbath. Uh, they're, 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 uh, and their uh, holy day of Pentecost. But Peter says, but this is that. Here's what's going on. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It's not what you think it is. I'm about to tell you what it is. This is what Joel was prophesying. Part of the prophecy was fulfilled. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. And your old men shall dream dreams. On my servants, on my handmaids, I will pour out in, the days, in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Those days are right now. They're right now. We like to, we like to well, verse 19 and, 20, 19 and 20, I'll show wonders in heaven above, signs on earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord to come. Verses 19 and 20 will happen when Christ returns for his bride. Now, if you want to argue pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, argue what you want, but I'm going on the first load. <laughs> I'm going on the first load. You want to stay here through tribulation, then you stay on. But I, I'll tell you what, I'm going on home. When the, the last days began at the day of Pentecost, so the Jews, they, they, they wanted or saw that a Messiah would come, and they wanted a Messiah to come and to rule. Uh, that's, that's why they had a, trouble accepting Jesus as the Messiah. They, they wanted basically, I uh, thought they would, might would be two, a suffering Messiah and a conquering one. But they failed to realize that Christ was both in one. Peter was preaching to all them who would believe who, who did believe or would believe. And he basically was saying, I have a promise for you that he'll pour out of his spirit upon you. But he also preached to those that mocked. 
mocked and wondered and made fun of. And basically, he was saying, I have a promise for you as well that a day of judgment is coming, so you better repent. We like to preach when we're amen, but you don't want to preach when somebody's just staring at you right now. I ain't got nobody staring at me because I ain't nobody in here. But Peter said, Jesus of Nazareth. Why would he say Jesus of Nazareth? Much of the Jews, they hated Nazareth and the, and the people that came from there. He was showing them of how ignorant and how far away from God that they really were. I know what your words say, but your heart ain't nowhere close to matching your mouth. Verse 22 says, You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as yourselves also know. You know what happened. You saw what happened. They had seen it, but yet they still rejected him just like many do today. They've seen God move. They've witnessed the Lord move in their life. Change take place. Things happen that just cannot be explained. But yet, when trouble comes again, because it's going to keep coming, they fail to realize and remember the goodness of God and His faithfulness. And some have came to the place where they're almost ready just to throw in the towel and give up. And I want to tell you something. Don't quit now. If you find yourself in that place... Here's what you need to do. As long as you've got a thread of rope, you'll hold on. Let go and say, I can't, Lord. You can help me. Help me. Help me. We want to hold on to a thread and wear our fingers out. Let go and let the Lord have control and cry out. And he, I'm telling you where you are. He will meet you right there. He's showing them. Peter was showing them your, that that. Basically, he and them, we're on opposite ends of God, if you will. Peter's showing them that they're not as plugged in as they thought that they were. It was, it was the bad news, but the good news was coming. Man has to come to the realization that I am in need of a Savior. We want to talk about salvation and preach salvation, but they need to, people need to know, I need a Savior. I'm in need of a Savior. How are they going to know? By the preaching of the Word. By the, we're trying to get people to improve. You don't need to improve yourself. The Bible tells us to deny self. <laughs> we don't need to be a better us. You don't need to live your best life now. You're going to live the best life in Christ. I promise you that. Here's what we think our best life is. When our bank account is, is doing okay or good, and we don't have to go to the coin store to go get steak. Or maybe that's our, our best life. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's what we consider our best life. No, your best life is in Christ Jesus when you deny self. When you lay down your life and you say, Lord, I'm done. I'm undone. I'm unraveled. I'm a train wreck and I need you right now. Then you begin to live your best life because you have come to the realization that I'm wretched, I am no good, and I can do nothing without Him. Peter's message or his drive was, was this. God did it. You saw it. What's your excuse? God, you know what he did. What is your excuse? 
I, I find it that people were so easily influenced by everything other than the Word of God. Why would that be? Because we spend more time indulging in things that are no benefit to us. I think the only ounce of knowledge that I have ever gotten from Facebook, to be quite honest with you, is that if I hold my finger on the space bar on my iPhone, I can move the cursor. <laughs> I think that's the best knowledge I've ever gotten. And I, I, don't get me wrong, you can use that for spread the God. I understand all that, and we do. But if we'll indulge and spend our time in the Word of God and seeking His face and surrendering ourselves as much as we do everything else, I'm going to tell you something, your life will change. Don't expect anything in your life to change if you don't ever change anything. Christ came to Israel longing that they would be a channel. Listen, get this clearly, that they would be a channel to the nations of God's goodness. But Israel did not become a channel, they became a bucket and they kept him or wanted to keep him to themselves. And they did not spread him. I put it this way. God has saved me. God has saved you in this, this body that's in this church. Not for us to become a container of the goodness of God. But for us to be a massive irrigation system and spread them all over the place. <laughs> But don't ever turn, don't set the sprinklers on a timer. They are continually watering the lawn. We are not to be a bucket and to contain God, but rather like a channel for Him to pour into and through us. This is Ephesians 2 and 8 and 9. You are saved by grace through faith. This is basically the channel. The channel is faith connecting to God, the grace, and allowing that to flow through your life. So this is what Peter was bringing them to this place, that you need what you see, what you experience. You need this in your life. Christ came again so that they would be a channel, not a bucket, but they became a bucket. They wanted to contain Him. We don't need any more buckets in the kingdom of God. We need channels. We need people to, to understand, Lord, I just... If I'm going to be a vessel, let me be a broken one so that you can pour through me. But don't let it be a cistern. Let, it, let me be a vessel. Don't let me hew it, out with, or hew it out with my hands. Lord, you make me what you desire me to be. The question really is this, what are you doing with Jesus? Because when, when, the, when the trump of God stands and I stand before the Lord, He's not going to ask me how many friends I had on Facebook He's not going to ask me how many followers we had at Lakeside Church. What did you do with the provision that I provided? What did you do with my son? What did you do with the gospel? What did you do with Jesus? Peter told them, He, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God. The original Greek for, the, for approved it has three meanings. One is display, which meant uh, Jesus of Nazareth, a man displayed by God. Two, proven, and three, proclaimed. This word approved means Jesus was put on display. He was proven by God, and He was proclaimed by God. This is not just a name. It's the name above all names. 
This is, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no, you can't get to God any other way than by through him. The evidence to this statement was the miracles, the wonders, and signs. Listen, a miracle produces wonder. And wonder produces a sign. And a sign will always point the way. We have people chasing signs and wonders and miracles. No, they'll follow the believers. But the signs should never point to the person. It points to Christ. It points the way. God puts a ripple in the water. And I mentioned this, I think, last week or one day, not too awful long ago. Basically like throwing a rock in a still pond. It creates effect and it goes out. It goes out till it reaches where it needs to go. So, which in turn produced the wonder. Jesus didn't feed 5,000 just to, to, to feed them. He fed them physically, but he told them spiritually, I am the bread of life. Again, miracles, they point the way. It had been almost 800 years of no miracles until Jesus came on the scene, and he did miracle after miracle after miracle. They knew who Jesus was, but they did not want to believe. Verse 23 of Acts chapter 2 says the determinate counsel, meaning the will of God. It was God's will for Christ to lay down his own life. He told them that their hand, their hands were wicked. Peter, your hands were wicked. I mean, I, you know, if you preach like that now, buddy, you're going to have a full house, bro. <laughs> hey, you want to take a note how to grow your church? Tell the church your hands are wicked. This is the message Peter, Peter was preaching. They lived as if there were no gods. Without knowledge of self, there is never a knowledge or there will be no knowledge of God because until you know that you're a vile sinner, that worthless and you're, you're wretched, then you don't know that you need a Savior. People don't like hellfire and brimstone preaching. I believe it's, it's needed, but I also believe that it must be done and, and led by the Holy Spirit. And if it is, it will be in love. People don't like to know what's wrong. They just want to be fixed. And until you address and allow the, the true issue to be addressed, nothing will ever change. If I have a problem with my, 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 my whatever, blood sugar, and I continue to eat circus peanuts and uh, bonbons and, and salted, sweet and, sweet and salty snicker bars. Oh, those are good. But if I continue to eat those, oh, well, I can go to the doctor and get insulin and I'll shoot that in my body and it will regulate my system. This is how the believers almost, a lot of believers want this in their life. They just want Jesus to regulate the system not truly change. Christ did not come to give up his life for us to be regulated, but he came to change us, to deliver us from us. <laughs> Jason Collins is Jason Collins' biggest problem. It's not, it's not anybody else. But he came to rid me of me, and then I could be alive in Christ. 
So without knowledge of self that we are vile and wretched and undone, then we don't understand that we need a Savior. But when you understand that without Him, John 15, 5, I can do nothing, then I understand that I need Him as, a saved, as, the, as the Savior in my life. Verse 24 of Acts chapter 2, Whom God raised up having loosed the pains of death. Death tried to hold him, but it couldn't. We know this. Having loosed the pains of death, it was not possible that he should be held by it. He loosed the pains of death, representing uh, basically a mother giving birth and the pains of childbearing. The tomb represents the, the, the womb, and Jesus went through the labor of buying our salvation. Romans 4 and verse 25, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You've got to die before you can live. You have to die to self, and then you become new. Because he experienced death and also experienced resurrection. When we enter into the kingdom of God, we become saved, we die, and we're resurrected. Ephesians 2 and verse 1 says, And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Verse 5 of Ephesians 2 says, Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, by grace we're saved. Verse 6 of Ephesians 2 says, And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in, in Christ Jesus. So when, you, when, when you're back into Acts chapter 2, you get to verse 25. No matter what we're going through, we must always have the Lord placed before us. This is David. I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for He is in, on my right hand that I should not be moved. How did he come to this place? How would he, how would he make this statement? Because I, I, I say this a lot, and, and I guess this is just a, a reoccurring thing, but we talk about the heart of David. We talk about the, the determination of David. We talk about him having a heart after God. We, we talk about him dancing before the Lord. We talk about all of those things. But we must come to the place that David also came to realizing that Lord creating me a clean heart. Change me, O oh Lord. I don't want my system regulated anymore. I want to be changed. So when we come to that place and we come to that realization that I need you more, I need you now, then things begin to change. But if we're not preaching this gospel, if we're not preaching the word, then people don't understand where we really are within ourselves. If we'll only believe, if you'll only believe where you're watching, he'll pour out into you today. Peter was talking. He stood up and said, man, here's what's going on. I'm telling you what's going on. What's happening? Here's what's happening. You're going to believe or you're not going to believe. Self-examination is, is something that we must uh, really do. I mean, the Lord and you know you. <laughs> and the question uh, I would ask this morning, and I've asked this before to the church, are you a bucket or are you a channel? Are you trying to contain the things of God or are you allowing Him to pour through you? Are you walking through life with your bucket of Jesus, or, or are you just a channel, Lord, pour through me wherever I am. 
wherever it may be, I never in a million years ever thought I would be standing behind a pulpit speaking, preaching to a camera. I just didn't think that was going to happen. But here it is. Lord, I'm a channel. And you're not confounded by a, a building or an address. You, you were saved, and with that salvation comes a mandate on your life. We don't like to talk about it. But Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the Great Commission to go ye therefore and to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. What's all things? The Word of God. Whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. It's time to make known, to proclaim, to teach, to preach the Word. If you know and have the Word of God in you, then everybody needs to hear it. Both the sinner and the saint. Again, what if they don't like it? Preach the Word. Uh, what if it's not popular? Preach the Word. Well, what are you going to do if they don't come? I'm going to preach the Word. What are you going to do if they do come? I'm going to preach the Word. What are you going to do if they, if they blast you on social media? I'm going to preach the Word. What are you going to do if y'all have to expand? I'm going to preach the Word. What are you going to do if y'all got to plant another campus? We're going to preach the Word. What, what are you going to do if, they, if, 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 you, if your place gets full of people that are addicted and bound and everything else? Praise God because we've been preaching the Word. Preach the word. Preach it in season and out of season. Preach it on the rooftops and in the valley, in your closet, in your car. Everywhere you go, preach the word of God. And make him known. What if the church would be the church that the word of God tells us to do? And what if we would do what the Bible instructs us to do? To proclaim the gospel. To proclaim the gospel. I want to tell you that uh, I got cue cards now. <laughs> we are moving up in the world. Uh, I understand completely that many are sick. And I want to tell you that we're going to keep preaching the word. We're going to keep proclaiming the gospel. And I desire that you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life that you allow him to change you, not just look for something to regulate your system, but let him change you so that in, in turn you will be like Peter, to be just, if you had to be the one that stands up by himself and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to proclaim it and preach the word. Uh, our plan is to be in-house next Sunday. Praise God. But again, I, would, I want to strongly encourage you to use wisdom and make sure that, that uh, you're healthy because <laughs> we want to remain healthy. But we love you. Uh, we're praying for you. If you need us, uh, contact us. Uh, remember those that are in the hospitals. Continue to pray for them. One of the hardest things about all of this is as a pastor, I can't do one of the things I absolutely love the most, visitation. 
I, I can't. They won't let me. But we're praying for you. And I encourage you tonight, uh, whether you are part of Lakeside Church or not, I encourage you strongly tonight at 6 o'clock to tune in to our Yadkinville campus. Praise God that they're able to have in-house worship. They, they have been, and, and, and thank God for that. But please tune in there tonight, and uh, uh, I know you'll be blessed. The Lord is moving and, and, and doing great and mighty things there as he is here. But we love you guys. Continue to lift us up in prayer and just share this message. And uh, we will uh, be back live, uh, our Tuesday morning Bible study. We'll be back live Wednesday uh, on, on here, but then in-house worship next Sunday. We'll be here and uh, come expecting to receive. Be blessed and be a blessing to those around you. And just don't forget, preach the word. See you soon.